This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim, Pastor Michael, and today, Pastor Jarvis. Mm. Or as Michael likes to say, Jarvis. Craig Jarvis. <laughs> Welcome, Craig. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Why is he Pastor Jarvis? Pastor Jarvis. But I'm pa- Pastor Michael. Michael. And I'm Pastor Tim. He's Pastor Craig. Pastor Craig. We yeah. need to kill Pastor Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, from our vocabulary. Out of the vocabulary. Make Pastor sure that Jarvis. that's taped in case something happens later. From our vocabulary. <laughs> Pastor Craig Pastor is Craig. Here. I like that better. Yeah. Well, listeners, we are going to be dealing with questions over the next few sessions on Noah and the flood. We appreciate the fact that we've received these questions from a lot of the people at Village Church and Village Church East because we're going through a series of messages on the weekend from Genesis. And we came across this weekend dealing with Noah and the flood and just with haha, a flood of questions based on those <laughs> nice questions. Fun. Way to go. Yeah, yeah there you go. I like that. So here, guys, here's the question for today. Why did people live so long pre-flood? Because we've got a genealogy in Genesis 5 that clearly indicates these people lived a long time. Yeah, and even Noah, after the flood, lived till after 900 years. I think it was like 930 years, something like that. Can I start off and ask a question? Do either of you feel like the answer is knowable? Definitively, I don't think we can definitively come down and say, we know the answer is absolutely with 100% certainty. I don't think we can do that. I think we can estimate. Yeah, I think we can deduct some things. Like when sin enters into the world, it destroys everything. So People immediately start living less when sin comes into the world. (laughs) That's a fair statement. Literally. Literally also, yes. Because they die. Adam and Eve would not have died had not sin entered into the world. So Mm -hmm. with sin comes death, right? Mm -hmm. That's a New Testament principle we speak all the time. So that's both spiritual and physical death. So it's reasonable to assume that Adam and Eve, as soon as they sin, their lifespan begins to decrease. And as they pass on that sin from generation to generation, obviously that would be something that would be passed on as well. Yep. Like when we preached, we put up a, a timeline of the lifespans of people and you could just see the lifespans going down and down and yep. down and down. And, and one of the things that the Genesis narrative is communicating is that sin is becoming more pervasive. And as it becomes more pervasive, it's toll on humanity is more prevalent. But we have to realize and open the conversation that if Adam and Eve died in Genesis 3 because of sin, death entered into mankind, how did they live eight, 900 years? Yep. I think we need to define what is biblical death because, Craig, you mentioned spiritual and physical. I believe that what death always represents in Scripture is a separation. There's a physical separation with physical death. What Adam and Eve experienced in Genesis 3, the judgment, was spiritual death. They were separated. At the fall. At the fall. Yeah. When God confronted Adam and Eve, where are you? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you pursuing me? Why am I pursuing you now? Why are you ashamed? Why are you guilty? All the things that happened after the fall. And so that spiritual death happens with all people today. That's Ephesians 2. We're separated, we're dead in our trespasses and sin. But there's that physical death that happens at the end of our life or when God calls us home or when our people say our number is up. Mm. Kick the bucket. I've heard people say, I don't understand the Bible in Genesis 3 because if, if they died, how did they continue to live 800 years beyond their death? 
So I think we need to clarify the two different ways in which death affects and mm. infects the human being. So let's talk about what we know. So Tim, you just said something that we know, that there's a distinction between the spiritual death of Adam and Eve and their physical death. That's what we know. Mm. We know, Craig, what you had just said, which is that you see the lifespans decreasing, and that is a result of sin. Sin becomes more pervasive. The narrative flow of the text wants you to know that. Do you guys feel like we can say with confidence that a year to them is a year to us-ish? That's reasonable. Yeah, I think yeah. it's reasonable. I think a, a year to us, it was a year to Adam and Eve, it was a year to Noah, it was a year to Seth. All the people that are named in Genesis 5 and pre-flood, a year at 360-ish days, 360, yep. 65, we know that the Jewish year is a little different in days than the Roman We're calendar. not 900 years off. No, we're not. You know, you know a few yeah. days off in the year, but a year is a year is a year. Yep. So I think what's valuable about this discussion is before we surmise, like establishing the baseline, here's what we do know. Here's another thing that I think we know. Um, when God says, uh, I'm done striving with humanity 120 years and they're dead. Many people have said lifespans went down to 120 years at that point. But in the text, it's really clear that that's actually not the case. The case is he's saying in 120 years, I'm going to send a flood. Not, yes. not that mankind's lifespan limit is going to be 120 years. But when we preach that, at least at Village Church Bartlett, I had a handful of people come up to me and say, oh, I thought just the way the text read in the English that that's what it said. And then people said, but I always struggled because people lived longer than 120, longer than 120 years, years after you know the flood. So God didn't clearly keep his word. And so we know that. We know that text that some people have in their brain does not apply to the lifespan limits. Mm -hmm. We can say that with certainty. What else can we say with certainty about age, physical age, long lives, et cetera? What's something we can say that we know? Well, we know that the environment affects our bodies. It's true, yeah. Absolutely. And the environment went through a catastrophic change after the flood. Yep, yep. So it's reasonable to assume, we may not know this because it's not written to us in Scripture, but it's reasonable to assume that with the environmental changes that went on after the flood, mm -hmm. that there are, I mean, it never rained before that. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we have water droplets coming down from the heavens, which gave us the rainbow, which is the promise of God. But none of this has happened before. And uh, with the changes of environment, obviously that's going to have mm. an effect on the human yep. being and everything else yep. in the creation. And many people surmise that dinosaurs, for example, the only way they could have grown to this massive size and then there would have been enough food plentiful in the earth to actually feed all of these enormous creatures is that the the conditions would just have to be very different. But we know that the conditions were different. The hard part is we have no idea of knowing what those conditions were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can theorize about some things based on the needs that all these creatures would have in terms of food consumption, but it's hard to get your brain around what the world was actually like. So we do know that it was different. We just don't know to what degree. Mm. Agreed. I've often wondered, would there be mountains, you know, uh, pre-fall? Right. Because what you see is that something catastrophic happened in the world and pushed mountains up. And, and mm -hmm. living in Illinois, there was no snow. So I often <laughs> yeah, right. look at people that say, they say, oh, look at that beautiful snow. And I say, well, that's a result of the fall. Well, so well, yeah. Yeah. you can call it beautiful if you want, but I choose to call it from the devil. Yes, I'm going to agree with you on <laughs> that. And you're from Canada. It. Yeah, it's, that's it's also, the worst. Yeah. 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 So somebody, uh, I was listening to them hypothesize on this, and they had said that even seasons were the result of the fall. Mm. And I would hold to that. We don't really see seasonal changes, drastic seasonal changes, until after the fall. Mm. We don't read anything about snow or about winter pre-flood. One of the questions that I posed at the end of my sermon was, did it rain? 
and the best thing we can say before the flood, it obviously rained in the flood, but it rained in the flood. before the flood, did it rain? And the best thing I could say is, I don't know. Yeah. Even some of the really, really hyper-conservative creationist perspectives will even say, we don't know. We don't know. We think it might. I was actually surprised. I thought they were going to say, no, it didn't rain. There was a mist on the earth and whatever else. But It does appear, though, in the text that the normal way that plants are watered is from the mist. Mm -hmm. But again, it's that argument from silence. Yep. Well, since it doesn't mention rain, then therefore it never rained. Well, mm. I don't know if we can— definitively say that. But what we can definitively say is atmospheric conditions were drastically, catastrophically different than they are now, which provided a very different way of life. Right. And we definitely know from dinosaur bones, you mentioned that, they go from a, an egg. We have physically found dinosaur eggs that you could lift with one hand to grow to 40, 50 feet high. Or more. Or more. And we know today, as we look at our modern-day dinosaurs, which are crocodiles and other reptiles, those reptiles continue to grow as they age. There's no limit on how big they'll get. Crocodiles that are 25 feet long are years and years and years old. They didn't get that size in five years. They got that size in 30, 40, 50 years, and they will continue to grow. So why did people live so long? So far, we've said, we don't know that we can give a definitive answer. What we can say is we know conditions were different. What we can say is we know that after the flood, clearly we can see that lifespans start to change. Noah, Noah lived for a little while after that. We have Abraham lived not terribly long comparatively, but longer than we understand now. But something pretty drastic changed to the point where, you know, average lifespans are 60, 70 years old, sometimes less, depending where you're at mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah, if you think about something that the Lord created, it would be perfect. Obviously, it's described that way in Genesis 1 and 2. God saw that it was good. It was very, very good. And mm -hmm. so human beings would also fall into that category. And when Adam and Eve had a relationship, it was very, very good. But then with the arrival of sin, it's reasonable, I think, again, argument from silence, but it's reasonable to assume that as that which is perfect begins to be influenced by sin, it obviously begins to take a toll on the lifespan of yeah. individuals as well. That's, I think that's, for me, that's what I feel most comfortable with in that if God makes something, it's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. But if sin gets involved, it's going to start destroying as soon as possible. The pattern that we see in Genesis 1 is God creates and he says it's good. The only time that word is changed is when he creates man and he says it is very good. Mm -hmm. Man human beings are unique and special in their image bearers of God, mm -hmm. which are very good to mm -hmm. God. So in theory, I don't have a good answer for this, by the way. I'm just, I'm with the question asker saying, okay, I've often heard that there's this wrong assumption that people can make about history. And the wrong assumption is that as it is now is as it always has been. Mm -hmm. The speed of light, for example, there's evidence that the speed of light has actually changed over the last, we'll say, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, if you would, if you believed in an old earth. But the idea here is that, is that there, I don't, but just so you know, Craig, it's <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. or do I? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but even the speed of light, if you measure everything as it is now, but what if the speed of light is decreasing or increasing? There's interesting evidence that the speed of light is not constant. And so, but if you start measuring light years by a constant speed of light, but if the speed isn't constant, that means your measurements are all wrong. When people perceive the world, they perceive the past as if it's the same as, the same as it is now. Today. And it seems to be that, Craig, as you said, when God made the world perfect, um, 
He made the world to live a very long time forever. Sin began to disintegrate. And the idea here, I think, is that the effects of sin, they were immediate to one degree, but they were not immediate in the totality of the effects, Mm -hmm. that there were some things that seemed to be residual. And in terms of human bodies, the lifespan of creatures, the size of animals, et cetera, it appears that that took some time for it to fully infect and take its full course. For me, that might be the best. Which also brings up an interesting point. If somebody was evil, Mm. the thoughts of their hearts were evil continuously, as it talks to us in Genesis 6. If you've got 900 years of life of evil, think how evil you could Mm -hmm. be. (laughs) So it's fair to say that the speed of moral corruption was quicker than the speed of physical corruption. Absolutely. They're still Mm. alive, and they're just continuing to feel the effects of sin in their personal sin fallen nature. Yep. Interesting. That's why God brings a flood, because he says this... I can't ignore it any longer, the mm-hmm. thoughts and intentions. It also says intentions, which yes. is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like I get out of bed and I start thinking to myself, what is my intent today? Well, mm-hmm. it's to do evil in this way or that way. And so God brings a flood because the effects of sin had so infiltrated mm-hmm. creation that he couldn't overlook it any longer. Yeah. So you're sitting with a non-Christian. We'll make up a character. Jimmy is 22 years old. and Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. Don't <laughs> touch Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but okay. Okay. You just pull out all these like pop culture references. <laughs> You're so worldly. Um, so, so Jimmy, Jimmy could jump. Jimmy is 22 and uh, Jimmy's wrestling with his faith. He's just got out of college. He's been indoctrinated in this world that says the Bible's unreliable, et cetera. It's mythology. You get the point. And then he meets Pastor Craig and Pastor Tim, and, and you guys are, are saying, no, the Bible is actually a historical, accurate document. And it's when understood in context, and uh, he says to you, okay, Pastor Craig, why do people live so long? You know that is irrational and impossible, and nobody could ever live that long. Look at look at what happens to our bodies. Like, mm. this feels like a fairy tale that you would read out of some mythological book. Mm. What do you say to him? That's a hard one, because ultimately you have to accept the Bible is true, or you're going to struggle and try and find as many flaws as you can in it. And so you naturally go to something that you cannot identify with. Mm. And it's impossible for us to identify with anybody living over a hundred years, much less 800 years. Yeah. So that's a difficult conversation to have. In this one, I think you just have to take God at his word and God Mm. doesn't lie. And then you take into account the fact that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. It starts at the beginning by talking about the length of human life and how that begins to decrease. And you have to ask yourself why. Why did that happen? What brought about that decrease of life? And then you yep. read throughout scripture and it always agrees. And then by the time you get to the New Testament, 50 some books later, you come across Romans five twelve. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, that's clearly talking about Adam. Mm-hmm. So death spread to all men because all have sinned. And so that's a spiritual and a physical death. You can look at it in context in the book of Romans. But what I'm saying is the Bible does not contradict itself. So what it teaches at the beginning, it holds to all the way through. And it's a continual story. Starts with Genesis and it actually never ends. But Mm -hmm. for us, uh, human history ends in Revelation. I think something that has been really helpful for me is uh, there are some assumptions that I think we bring to the table about Scripture that if you can take them off the table, helps us understand this a little better. One of them is that all people of old were dumb. Oh. And so, like, here's a, just you maybe— mean the guys who built the pyramids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Right, we can't even figure out how to do it. But right? that is a modern-day human assumption that yep. people that live before us are dumber and right. we're smarter. Yep, and 
granted, they didn't have the technology that we have, but doesn't mean they were illogical or stupid or whatever they just, else. They had other ways of figuring out how to by, do things. By Genesis 5, they're building cities. Yeah. I think the idea here is that, well, unless you come from a secular culture, if you're going to believe in any kind of spiritual dynamic in the world, you must be foolish or unwise or simple or something of the sorts. When it's, it's just not the case. I mean, some of the pe same people who believe in a spiritual world created the pyramids and mm. the seven wonders of the world and unbelievable things. And so your belief in a supernatural world does not make you an imbecile at all. But that is an actual, like in terms of secular humanism in the modern worldview, people look back as if everybody was just kind of gullible, right? But that's not the case. If you look back and you believe that people were smart, the stories of Noah and Adam and Eve were passed down through oral tradition and they weren't controversial. But here's the deal. They weren't controversial, not because they the people were gullible. Uh, they weren't controversial because if if the stories are true, Noah and Abraham lived at the same time. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. For Abraham, he could pass down the oral tradition mm -hmm. because Shem and Eber and all these men who knew these grandsons they, they knew and the sons story and great-grandsons, they, they knew the story. It. They lived through this. They mm -hmm. saw this. And so it's one thing for you to say, oh, my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa told me a story. It's another thing to sit down with him and say, Tell me what happened when God obliterated yeah. the world. Well, what was great, the world like? Yeah, let great-grandpa tell you the story that he lived. Right. And I think one of the reasons that these stories were not of concern, that these were not questions that the early Jews asked, like in terms of like, how is that even possible, is because they were so close to people who were there. Yeah. Not only were they close in age, but they were also close in relationship. Yep. All these people were all related. They yep. were intermarrying because the bloodline, again, because creation was so close, was so pure, they intermarried and so literally family reunions would be like everybody <laughs> on the planet is going right. to be at this barbecue totally so Which, they would know each world. other they'd call each other out if they're a lion i mean they knew the stories like you said not mm -hmm. just because they were passed on but because they're all related to the people that they happen to yep. when the scriptures write it the scriptures are not concerned with the numbers the, mm -hmm. moses isn't concerned with the numbers abraham mm -hmm. isn't concerned with the numbers all the generations of oral tradition they're just not concerned this is not a stumbling block for them personally i think that might be the linchpin to understanding this. The only way that you can get away from this is to assume they were all stupid and gullible. And they just weren't. No, they no. just were not stupid no, no. and gullible. So that was fun. Let's uh, answer our next question. Let's do it at the same time. Yeah. Was, was it, it a, a global, global flood? flood? One thing before we move on. I did say that human history... No, no, no. Oh. Human, human history ends at Revelation. What I meant by that is we understand human history goes on through that. Yeah. But our time as revealed in Scripture as to the story here ends in Revelation. We begin real life. Life good with Christ. Safe. New heaven, new earth. I was going to confront you when we were done. <laughs> oh, my and, goodness. But, you know, I'm glad I don't have to do that I just want to clarify that so yeah. I get calls from my professors from school. Oh, my goodness. Question next. They're still alive? <laughs> <laughs> You know, 860 is the new 40. Oh, 860 is the new 40. That's, that's a winner. 